You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie. I'd like to thank all 600 of you for showing up today. And uh, it's a podcast. They don't know. Uh, so I want to say thank you very much for coming in today and being part of the live NASM CPT podcast at Optima. And this Optima Conference 2019 has so far been such a wonderful success. It's been a great opportunity for myself to, uh, to attend and be a part of and have the opportunity to present at, but also to do this trial, this live version of the CPT podcast that we do with NASM. So just a quick little background of how this started with NASM is that NASM had been talking about, and Greg Esposito has been talking about launching a podcast. And I threatened him with, I'm going to do a podcast. Would you like to do it with me? And if not, I'm going to do it on my own. And we then started having a really open conversation about what this podcast should be and what it should look like and revolve around. And, and quite literally, we wanted to create something that was going to allow the certified personal trainer to have a better grasp in short nuggets of what they should do and what they need to know or what they um, skill sets and comprehensions they need to be walking into the industry with or those that work in the industry. What are some things that we could provide that's either a refresher, some type of reminder, or additions that you can start using within your own practice as a personal trainer. So this is how the, the idea started to develop and what we're looking at now. So with the podcast and as we continue to develop it, one of the most important things that our request is, is that, for, that you like and share and subscribe and that you also give us topic ideas. So we want to know what you want to know. And for me, this one's going to be a different, not just because it's live, a different podcast, but because you are going to ask questions and I haven't gone to my research database to start pulling out peer-reviewed content and I can go over it and have a better idea of what the science says. I'm gonna have to, to just rely on what might be in my brain right now. And after an excellent evening last night, and an early wake up this morning, that could be challenging. So let's go ahead and uh, prime this with saying, if you've got questions, and I hope you do, then let me know. Like, show of hands if you've got questions that are prepared coming into the podcast. All right, there's 600 people here, and I've got about 80, 90 questions. Okay, so that should be good. Um, while I'm looking for the person that we're going to ask questions for first, uh, I'm going to pull up this other microphone and have you ask it into the mic so that way we get a capture of it instead of me just repeating your question. So questions from the group. Yeah, you do. When I started out doing, it doesn't work, does it? That's all right. I have a loud voice. I can talk into yours when it's over there. Um, when I decided to, to get my certification, actually someone else did the research for me and I just kind of picked up on his and he said, NASM and this is the best. So I started out and I, and I, so I started out with the OPT model. And um, 
since I had not really looked into other um, uh, certification programs, to me it seems like a no-brainer. You start out with stability and balance and things like that. Um, do other certifications not, and I've talked with other trainers since then, and they don't real, they, they're not really familiar with it. So do they not start out with that kind, those kinds of things? I know they work them, and I know people talk about it, but it is not a specific structure that they actually follow. Gotcha. That's a good question. And here's what I'm going to say. I can't, I can't really speak to what other certifications do, uh, but I can speak to what allows NASM to be such a special uh, series of education as a company is because they create systems. And the systems that NASM creates is what makes it valuable. So you look at the system of the OPT model, this progressive, systematic approach for for fitness-related outcomes, and actually it's performance-related outcomes. So the model itself was initially designed for, for athletes, and it's been modified over the years to also include your traditional clientele. So I remember the first time I, I started getting my certification, and when I got a job, and I didn't have to be certified at first, but I had to be certified at some point. So I didn't have any money. I was broke, living in New York City, making $7 an hour as a floor trainer, and I was like, I'm just gonna get the cheapest certification I can find. And then I found out what it was, and I borrowed the book from someone, and I read it cover to cover. I was so excited, but I didn't have to pay for it yet, right? So let me learn the information. When I'm ready to take the test, I'll pay for it and just take the test. And a couple weeks before I was gonna take the test, the company I work for said, hey, we just have created a partnership with NASM, and you get it for X amount of money. I went, oh, guess I'm reading another book. So, so I, I saved like $40, though. Like, it wasn't a big amount, but I was like, anything to save money. I was so broke. And so I read that book cover to cover. So he, what it did for me is it gave me perspective because I'd already read one textbook, and now I've read another textbook. And the difference was one gave me a lot of wonderful information, and the other one gave me a lot of means and a technique on how to utilize information. And that was what was important about NASM and why, even in light of not having any certification but having read two textbooks cover to cover, I had the, the perspective that said, now I believe there's a better understanding on what I'm supposed to do with this information. And that's what, that's what created value for me is this model. So do, does everybody do that? No, but you know, they'll talk about stability, they'll talk about strength, they'll talk about power, but oftentimes it doesn't, it's not put together in a systematic approach and how to implement. So thank you for that, appreciate the question. As a thank you for listening to the NASM CPT podcast, I've got a special offer for you, 20% off of any NASM order. You can use that 20% to get certified as a personal trainer through our CPT program, the standard for the fitness industry, or expand your career with one of our specializations, including our latest one, NASM Nutrition Certification, which gives you the skills to be a certified nutrition coach. Get 20% off your order by calling 800-460-6276 or visiting nasm.org and using the code PODCAST20. That's 800-460-6276, and the discount code is PODCAST20. Start changing even more lives today. 
Do we have any other questions? I'm going to keep doing this, and uh, so let's get those hands up. You got questions? Yes, I'm going to question. Microphone's coming over. Good morning. I, uh, I have a question about regulation in the industry, since we're talking about certifications. Uh, I've had quite a few conversations about this lately, and my opinion has changed a lot um, in a lot of different ways. But uh, I know there's a lot of unintended consequences if we overregulate personal trainers. Um, and I'm wondering if you've put any thought into what we can do to help, you know, continue to uh, protect our, our moniker, our titles, and our positions. That is a really interesting question. And uh, I'm, I'm going to say this. I believe it was the state of Maryland who has made multiple pushes at licensure for personal training. And, and the industry in general is against licensure because the industry is, has a lot of money involved in it. Like there are companies that do it, and, and NASM included, right, that, that make money through the education of personal trainers. So a licensure when it starts to be put out there as a concept, the industry likes to come in and they'll say, hey, we, we do regulate ourselves. And there was a problem several years ago is that you say, well, you regulate yourself, but you've got this certification and this certificate, and they're all different. So how do you, how do you balance that out if we say, well, if I create licensure, then everybody's on the same page. And so it was a good question, and Ursa, along with kind of the the big three, so NASM, NSCA, ACSM, he got, all got together, uh, along with um, several other certifying bodies, and they said we can regulate ourselves. And one of the things that they had to do in this process was they had to do an accreditation, and that's why several years ago you may have been. If, how long have you been a personal trainer? 13, so you were a trainer long before the accreditation process, so we kind of had this little moment of fear, like, am I going to have to retake my exams to be accredited and things like that? But the accreditation process is something that now says there needs to be content that strings all of these certifications together so there's a base amount of information that needs to be known for every certified personal trainer out there. So that's kind of how industry-wise things started working. And then we've got this, this um, title of a personal trainer. And that was also debated. Is it going to be a fitness trainer? Is it going to be, you know, so there are all sorts of names that were being put out there. But personal trainers, what they go with, um, the regulation is now through the accreditation process. And we are accredited through NCAA. Is that right? Yeah, NCAA, yeah. That's the accreditation body, and it's a third-party party accreditor. So what happens is that they will then take a group of personal trainers, ask them what you, what we, you think you need to know in the personal training, and they start rolling that out to all of these accrediting bodies. So it was an interesting process, but what it did, it has allowed us to move away from the potential of what could have been government regulation. And if uh, you, you see, there can be some pros and cons to that, but how do, we, how do we protect it? I don't know. How do you advance it 
is probably a very important question, and advancing the career, if you've kind of had this base level certification, then it's through things that aren't really accredited, and that could be things like the, the CS, uh, CS from NSCA, they've accredited that particular program. So NASM, I don't think right now is going to look at it. They look at advanced specializations. So those specializations would be like the certified uh, nutrition coaching and uh, my favorite product would be the corrective exercise specialist that NASM has. So I'm deeply involved with that process. Um, and the advancement of the career will come through specializations, I believe. All right. I have one for you. Yeah, Is what that you got? All right? Yeah, bring it. Oh, I just I just want to know a little bit more about how you got so good at this. And I don't say that because I, it was my idea to to do the show. <laughs> uh, but it's Greg Esposito who is the producer of the show. Uh, Rick does most of the work. I just take the credit for it. So, uh, but I just kind of want to know because you you have a very engaging personality with this uh, with this and and people kind of gravitate towards you. Uh, in this medium and others, where did you learn the presentation style? Where did is this just your personality? Is this just you're always on like this, or how did how did you uh, how did you learn uh, to, to do this? Oh man, I I think there are several things that lead up to it. Anyway, thank you, thank you for for saying that. I appreciate that. Um, some of it will will start as an early age because I'm in church. My dad was the preacher. So he was always up in front of everybody, and then as a young kid, I got up, and I would be preaching. I'd be up in front of a group, uh, spreading the gospel, and then I would get into, I got into college, and, um, or in high school, and then they started doing, I think because the, the personality led to, to things like this, I don't think it's because there was a skill set there necessarily, but I started doing more theater, and went into college, theater and communications as a major in college. Um, I think that was, it's all part of this refining process. And what's really interesting is I tell people all the time, I'm, I'm not sure if there is anything that truly refined it or if it's just something that I've been innately allowed to do. But it, being in front of people and having these conversations and even in front of a camera and watching other people when they get up and if they could be the best presenters in the world that you have 5,000 people and they put a camera in front of them and they absolutely go mute they're like I don't that was OPT I'm like that is correct continue right <laughs> finish your sentence um, and and so the answer is I don't know but I think there are a lot of influences throughout my life that that led to that that was far more humble than I expected so thank you <laughs> Because I was born awesome. <laughs> That's about where I thought you were going to go. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. This is the NASM CPT Podcast.